Welcome to the Zen Stoic Path. In this episode, we're going to be going through a Stoic lesson called Limiting Desire. This comes from the Stoic philosopher Seneca. And so the quote goes like this. Limiting one's desires actually helps to cure one of fear. Cease to hope and you will cease to fear. Widely different as fear and hope are the two of them march in unison like a prisoner and the escort he is handcuffed to. Fear keeps pace with hope. Both belong to a mind in suspense, to a mind in a state of anxiety through looking into the future. Both are mainly due to projecting our thoughts far ahead of us instead of adapting ourselves to the present. Seneca. Now this is a really important lesson, and it also comes with some nuances that are very important to recognize so that you don't wrongly assume the essence of this lesson. So the first thing is, this lesson actually builds on a lot of what we discussed in our previous episode when it came to attempting to work hard in order to expedite the results that you're getting in any one process or endeavor that you're attempting to do. Now, the reason why that's important is because when we have hopes, when we have fears, these are things that, like Seneca was saying, we're projecting this into the future. We're no longer present in the process. And what might cause somebody to have the urge to be expedient, to rush a process or to rush a result, is this idea of either hope or fear. If we look at the Zen Stoic delusion of expediency, what we're really looking at, as simply as I could put it, is the desire to move from an unpleasant feeling to a pleasant feeling as quickly as possible. It is to judge the unpleasant feeling as being wrong and something to rid yourself of immediately. Now, the problem with this is that it causes us to hope for something better in the future rather than focus and address what is in front of us in the present act on and make choices on what is. So instead, when we have hope for the future, when we desire something in the future, we end up getting ourselves into expediency. It tempts us into that. Now, the other thing is to have ourselves in a state of fear of something in the future, having an anxiety about something in the future. Once again, this can create some expediency in order to avoid this fear that you are projecting out into the future. Maybe you do something now in order to get rid of that feeling, whether that is maybe eating, drinking, smoking, watching, you know, binge watching a show, whatever it is that you choose to do with that feeling can lead to expediency. There is another delusion at play here that we also discussed in the previous episode, which is the delusion of control. Now, there's a piece of this that comes from Eckhart Tolle's The Power of Now, and where he talks about when we have anxieties and fears, basically what we're doing is we are fearing and dreading the annihilation of our egoic mind. The mind that is essentially, according to Zen, not real. It is an illusion. It is wrapped up in all of our assumptions about ourselves, about who we are, about what the future will bring. And so we fear the annihilation of the egoic mind, which is a fancy way of saying the fear of death. And what we attempt to do when we are fearing the annihilation of the egoic mind is we start to try to control things. Now, when we have a fear, we try to maybe take the safe path, take the certain path, do things to try to reassure ourselves and bring ourselves a sense of security 
and not take any risks or not be present to the now because we're so afraid of what could happen. So what we do is we intend this delusion of control. We try to control our lives. We try to control the people around us. And it makes it very easy to get angry when something is not in place or to get very fearful or to have a rush of anxiety when somebody doesn't act the way that you want them to act or things don't go according to plan. In other words, we start to violate Epictetus's dichotomy of control because we start to focus on things that are outside of our control. Basically, referring back to the book The Power of Now from Eckhart Tolle, the egoic mind, the reason, one of the reasons why it's not necessarily real and it's something that we create in our minds is because it is our attempt to validate and define ourselves by things that are outside of ourselves and to define ourselves based on the mind. And the mind is always looking outside of itself as a way of trying to validate itself. So when we are in this state of being, it is very easy for us to intend to control things. It is very easy for us to intend not just to control things, but to bring ourselves out of the unpleasant feeling of fear as soon as possible. Now, there's another lesson from Stoicism that comes up here that's related, which is from Marcus Aurelius' Meditations, book two, where he talks about the five ways that the soul degrades itself. And, and the third way that the soul degrades itself is to be overpowered by pleasure or pain. Now, the way that this relates to this, per, this particular lesson around limiting desires is that if you're overpowered by pain, you're in essence overpowered by fear. Fear does not exist in the present unless, of course, you're facing imminent danger as though maybe a tiger is in your face and is about to hunt you down. That is perfectly okay to feel fear. That is a fear of the present. That is a totally different kind of fear. I would say that's a healthy fear. Most of the time, we're not fearing intimate danger. Instead, what we're fearing is a projection of the future. So when we're overpowered by pain, we are maybe not just even projecting to the future, but maybe we're recollecting on our past in experiences that we haven't let go of, experiences that we haven't forgiven or that we haven't fully understood yet. So we try to control the future in order to not have the past repeat itself and we end up projecting outward. The problem with that is that when we try to control, when we try to stay rigid in maybe preventing a past event or experience from happening again, we are not only directing all of our focus onto that thing that we fear, which would lead us to it, but we're also resisting the lessons, we're resisting the experience itself, we're resisting ourselves in the process, and what you resist will persist. So, in that resistance, it, again, that's another one of the delusions that we talked about. We're not just resisting the, the present experience by projecting out into the future, but we're resisting ourselves. We're resisting the emotions that were coming up. And with fear being the emotion that we're trying to get away from, it will naturally tempt us towards expediency or have this urge to get rid of the bad feeling as soon as possible and move to the good feeling. This puts us in a trap. This takes us out of the present. And this takes us out of the experience of ourselves as we are. This does not allow us to embrace. It doesn't allow us to understand ourselves or others or the world around us. And it does not allow us to get into a place of discipline. So coming back to this idea of limiting desires, when we limit desires, we need to understand a few things about this. As a human being, being part of the human experience and experiencing the human condition, 
it's important to understand that we will have desires no matter what. We're always going to have some kind of a desire. So it's very important not to fall into the trap of saying, okay, I'm going to get rid of all desires. Because what you're doing by creating an absolute statement like that and swinging the pendulum to, I will not have any desires, is you are creating another desire. In other words, you're, once again, intending a sense of not just expediency to maybe get away from this trap of the desire, but you're also intending control, thinking that you're going to control the temptation to desire. And you're also resisting your human nature. So in, in a single thought, you have three delusions right there. Resistance, control, expediency. If you're attempting not to desire. This lesson is talked about in Zen all the time where the student goes to his master and he says, Master, I suffer and I don't want to suffer anymore. And the master says, well, you suffer because you desire. So the student goes and tries not to desire. And the student returns to the master and says, Master, I can't seem to stop desiring. And the master says, well, you're desiring not to desire. So you're trying to solve the problem using the same problem as your solution, which is not going to work. So the way that you get out of this is to come back into the present. And it sounds overly simplistic, this idea of, well, you got to live in the now. Everybody likes to say that, but it's much more effective to live in the now by aligning with your human nature. So what this really means is to align with the four intentions that we discussed in the previous episodes. The intention of embrace, to embrace your actual desires to embrace who you are as a person, your quirks, the things that maybe you think are weird about yourself, to embrace yourself as a human, to embrace yourself in this experience, to embrace what is right now in this present moment, not projecting outward. It is to have a sense of understanding. We try to control that which we can't understand. And so instead of moving into an uncertainty with a sense of fear, one thing that you can do is move into anything that you feel uncertain or anxious about with a sense of curiosity. We only try to control that which we don't feel like we understand. So if you intend understanding instead of control, you'll start to feel yourself come back into the present, come back into a sense of wonder, come back into a sense of questioning rather than a sense of trying to conclude things and give definitive answers. And if you intend discipline over expediency, when you have an uncomfortable feeling that comes from the arousal that hope might give you, the agitation of like, oh, I got to get this thing. I got to get that result. I got I to gotta get there instead of trying to rush to it or trying to avoid the unpleasant feelings of fear, that agitation, that's a projection in the future. If you instead intend discipline, what you'll do instead is that you prioritize meaning over instant gratification, over the soothing of your unpleasant emotions. And when you intend discipline, what you do is, again, you, you lean back towards understanding. You do the things that you need to do in this moment that bring you the highest degree of meaning. You do the things that will make you stronger, that will make you better, that will allow you to learn and finally, when you intend sincerity, you point yourself back to your own human nature by acting here and now in the present moment and expressing yourself in a sincere way, not an expedient way, not a way that you're performing or trying to show the world that you're so good 
and trying to outsource your sense of validation, which comes with performance. Because the thing is, a lot of people will look at this lesson in many different ways. They'll look at it and they'll say, okay, limiting desire. Cool, I can do that. I'll just not desire anything. I'll just be very minimalist and not want anything, not want anything material or not want success and admiration from other people. I'll just be here and be a hermit in my own life and then I will be happy and I'll be very philosophically sound. No, that is not how it works. <laughs> because some of the because that assumption that limiting desires means having no desires, the problem with that is that it causes some people to want to perform and then show off to other people that, hey, look at me, I don't have desires, I'm very enlightened. But the point is, you will have desires. When it comes to limiting desires, though, this is what you want to think about. Limit the desires that come from a sense of expediency. If you have a sincere desire towards something because it actually means something to you, you have a genuine love for something or someone, Follow that. Follow your sincerity. Embrace what is sincere within you. Limit the desires that come from expediency, the desires that you desire just because you want admiration from other people to feel a sense of validation or feel a sense of that you're enough. Limit the desires that are simply attempting to move you from an unpleasant feeling to a pleasant feeling as quick as possible just because it's uncomfortable. Limit the desires that come from a place of control, of a place of trying to control your environment to avoid fear, trying to control other people to avoid fear, and limit the desires that come from a place of resisting who you are. Instead, embrace who you are. So ask yourself, what desires do I have that are merely me intending expediency or intending control or intending performance or intending resistance. Find the desires that are taking you off your path and taking you out of the present.